Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In Unforeseen, Jill Lepore writes about predicting the future. Prophecy is a mugs game. But then lately most of us are mugs. 2018 was a banner year for the art of prediction, which is not to say the science, because there really is no science of prediction. Predictive algorithms start out as historians. They study historical data to detect patterns. Then they become prophets. They devise mathematical formulas that explain the pattern, test the formulas against historical data, withheld for the purpose, and use the formulas to make predictions about the future. That's why Amazon, Google, Facebook, and everyone else are collecting your data to feed to their algorithms. They want to turn your past into your future. This task, like most things, used to be done by hand. In 1968, the Foreign Policy Association, formed in 1918, to promote the League of Nations, celebrated its 50th anniversary by publishing a book of predictions about what the world would look like technology-wise 50 years on. Toward the Year 2018 was edited by Emmanuel G. Mastheny, who had served in the White House as an advisor on science and technology, and who ran Harvard's Program on Technology and Society. It makes for distressing reading at the end of 2018, a year that a golden anniversary ago looked positively thrilling. Two things are true about toward the year 2018. First, most of the machines that people expected would be invented have in fact been invented. Second, most of those machines have had consequences wildly different from those anticipated in 1968. It's bad manners to look past predictions to see if they've come true. Still, if history is any guide, today's futurists have very little credibility. An algorithm would say the same. Carlos R. DiCarlo, the director of automation research at IBM, covered computers in the book predicting that in 2018, machines will do more of man's work, but will force man to think more logically. DiCarlo was consistently half right. He correctly anticipated miniature computers, very small portable storage units, but wrongly predicted the coming of a universal language, very like a modified and expanded form of English. One thing he got terribly wrong, he expressed tragically unfounded confidence that the political and social institutions of the United States will remain flexible enough to ingest the fruits of science and technology without basic damage to its value systems. Reporting on the future of communication, J.R. Pierce from Bell Labs explained that the Bell system is committed to the provision of a picture phone service commercially in the early 1970s and that by 2018, face-to-face communication across long distances would be available everywhere. The transmission of pictures and texts and the distant manipulation of computers and other machines will be added to the transmission of the human voice on a scale that will eventually approach the universality of telephony. True. What all this will do to the world, I cannot guess, Pierce admitted, with becoming modesty. It seems bound to affect us all. Sharp-eyed observers in 1968 were already concerned about the warming of the oceans and the changing of the climate 
but the atmospheric science contributor to Toward the Year 2018, Thomas F. Malone, was excited by new technologies that would allow scientists to take control of the Earth's weather and climate. Malone served as the chairman of the Committee on Atmospheric Sciences of the National Academy of Sciences, which in 1966 had issued a report endorsing a long-range program of weather control and climate modification to be implemented by way of manipulating fog, cloud seeding, and the suppression of lightning. He thought the probability of success in broad climate modification is likely to exceed 50% by the year 2018. Standing in the way of this objective, he warned, were political obstacles. The international cooperation required for a global climate change program and the possibility that before such a thing could be fully executed, large-scale climate modification will be affected inadvertently. Because, he had to admit, it appeared that the climate was already changing all on its own. Carbon dioxide in the atmosphere since 1900 has caused surface temperatures to rise 0.2 degrees Celsius. He acknowledged, hastening to reassure his readers that while global temperatures could conceivably keep rising all the way to 2018, there was only a small probability that these effects will not be tolerable. The only real doomsayer was the demographer Philip M. Hauser. He calculated that by 2018, the world's population would reach 9.7 billion. He was 2 billion over. With the steepest growth in Asia and Latin America and the slowest in Europe. Also, that the distance between the rich and the poor and between wealthy nations and poor nations would widen. Given the present outlook, only the faithful who believe in miracles from heaven, the optimistic who anticipate super wonders from science, the parochial fortunate, who think they can continue to exist on islands of affluence in a sea of world poverty, and the naive, who anticipate nothing can look to the future with equanimity, Hauser concluded. But the most prescient contributor to Toward the Year 2018 was the MIT political scientist Ithiel de Sola Poole, whose research interests included social networks and computer simulation. By 2018, it will be cheaper to store information in a computer bank than on paper, Poole wrote. Tax returns, social security records, census forms, military records, perhaps a criminal record, hospital records, security clearance files, school transcripts, bank statements, credit ratings, job records, and more would, by 2018, be stored on computers that could communicate with one another over a vast international network. You could find out anything about anyone without ever leaving your desk. By 2018, the researcher sitting at his console will be able to compile a cross-tabulation of consumer purchases from store records by people of low IQ from school records who have an unemployed member of the family from Social Security records. That is, he will have the technological capability to do this. Will he have the legal right? Poole declined to answer that question. This is not the place to speculate how society will achieve a balance between its desire for knowledge and its desire for privacy, he insisted. And that was the problem with 1968. People went ahead and built those things without worrying much about the consequences, because they figured that by 2018, we'd have come up with all the answers. 
toward 2019. That was Unforeseen by Jill Lepore from the New Yorker magazine January 7, 2019. Narrated by Jamie Rennell. Also in the magazine this week, David Sedaris on Watching Generations Come and Go. Lauren Collins on the novelist Sally Rooney. Patrick Radden Keefe on the TV producer who rehabilitated Donald Trump's image. Nathan Heller on the philosopher Elizabeth Anderson. Maya Jasonoff on Ruth Prower Jabwala. Laura Miller on Sophie McIntosh. Peter Sheldahl on the legacies of abstract expressionism. Anthony Lane on Stan and Ollie and Destroyer. Fiction by Tamor Sumro and more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker room on the iTunes store.